ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley coming to you from Gadigal land. This is ABC News Daily. It looks like the Reserve Bank's achieved what it set out to do. It slowed the economy by hiking up rates to stop us spending. But the economy is now also in a per capita recession. So what on earth is that? And should we worry about it? Today, business and economics reporter Gareth Hutchins on what it means for our hip pockets and jobs. Gareth, we're in a per capita recession and basically I have no idea what that is and that's why I'm speaking to you because you have quite the knack of explaining these things. But before you do that, you need to tell us a bit about what's happening in the economy because it's been slowing down, hasn't it? We've been spending a lot less. Yeah, our economic officials have looked at all sorts of things and they say that Australia's economy has just recorded an annual growth rate of 2.1%. New data shows we're cutting back on spending as the economy continues to slow down. There was barely any growth in economic activity in the June quarter. If we just look at the June quarter, so that's April, May and June, economic activity grew by just 0.4%. That was the same low growth rate that we saw in the March quarter. So that's a marked slowdown in the first six months of this year. Mm, And Gareth, what's causing this? Quite a few things. Mm -hmm. The rapid increase in interest rates and the persistence of inflation in the price of goods and services, they've played a big role. You can really see the effect it's having on household consumption, which has really dropped off this year. And given people are having to spend a lot more on their rent, mortgages, food and other essentials, household savings have dropped to 3.2%, their lowest level since the global financial crisis. So all the other costs that people are facing mean that what they actually have at the very end of the day is declining. So it's harder to make ends meet. So, Gareth, what does this slowdown look like in the economy? means we're seeing people just using whatever finances they have to keep their head above water. Economists are also debating right now if we're finally seeing that turning point in the labour market where unemployment might start to pick up noticeably. Consumer sentiment has been bouncing around near record lows for months. And now that we're seeing the return of high fuel prices, that could hit consumer sentiment even more. Mm. So, you know, add all this together and you ask people, so many say it feels like it's harder to get by We're all just exhausted by the financial stresses we're juggling. It's just, it's one thing after another. Until I was able to get into low-income housing, it was rent, 100%, but even groceries have just gone up so much. It's the basic stuff. You're constantly counting just to try and make ends meet. Like our electricity bills have shot up, but we're lucky we don't have a mortgage. But I feel for my children, like my daughter's mortgage has just shot up through the roof. Yeah, the petrol prices are crazy, aren't they? (laughs) They just keep going up. Yeah, yeah, and, and you just think, oh, we just got through that. Oh, this isn't this great, and bang, they've returned. Yeah, okay. Our colleague Nassim Kadem, she spoke with Chris De Lorenzo. He has a hair care brand, and he's really noticing a difference, isn't he? Really interesting hearing what he had to say. From his perspective, 
He said people started to go to hair salons less during the pandemic. And now that everybody's dealing with cost of living pressures on the other side of the lockdowns, people really haven't returned to using hair salons like they were in the days before COVID. There has been some caution by our clients to purchase like they used to. Overall, the average spend is less per client. He's just saying sales are down 10% over the past year for him and the cost of materials and packaging for his manufacturing plant have increased. We might have to take some drastic measures, purchase less, make less and uh, keep our costs down. So, you know, as people spend less on a whole range of goods and services, it's making it more likely that businesses will end up shedding staff at some point. Mm. That could, you know, feed into a vicious cycle then of falling spending, falling business turnover and more job cuts. But we're not there just yet. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we'll all have COVID here. That's not a good thing. All right. Not good for business and not good for us. Let's face it. Now then, Gareth, let's return to this idea of a per capita recession. We're in one, apparently, but what on earth is it and why is it happening if we still have some growth? Great questions. (laughs) Per capita recession. It's one of those phrases that makes your eyes glaze over. Yes. It just it sounds so technical or sophisticated, but really it's per capita simply means per person. And when economists talk about economic growth, they say it's really useful to know how much economic output there has been per person recently. It's because it helps to distinguish between growth in the size of the pie and how large each slice is that's going to everybody in the economy. Mm-hmm. And I think that metaphor of the pie is a really good one because it helps to explain why people can feel poorer while the pie is actually getting larger. And that's what we're actually dealing with here. A, a technical recession refers to a situation in which economic activity has declined for six months in a row. That's the size of the pie has shrunk. Mm-hmm. But a per capita recession is when the size of everybody's slice has been getting smaller for six months in a row, even though economic activity is still growing overall. Now, according to ABS officials, GDP per capita, so that's economic output per person, that declined by 0.3% in the first quarter of this year, and it declined by another 0.3% in the second quarter. And the reason why we've experienced that decline in output per person is because the population is growing so quickly at the moment with such high levels of immigration with the return of foreign students and such. That was up 4.3% in the last quarter. Wow. Okay, so a per capita recession, we're recording growth on paper, but there's less output from everyone in the economy on average and we're getting less and less pie. I want more pie, Gareth. How do we fix this? (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's because of this big boost in immigration. Now, economists hope that that dynamic will sort itself out over time. They say all those extra people coming here are helping to fill our still really high level of job vacancies. They're also consumers, so they have money to spend too, and that will contribute to growth overall. But it's also contributing to some problems in other areas of the economy, particularly in housing. And plenty of foreign students have come here on the promise of an education, Mm. only to find that they're being plonked in the middle of a housing crisis. 
So it's not good for them either. No. Okay. I wish we could just bake more pies, Gareth. That could be a yeah. very easy fix to this, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's look at this growth a bit more. We know that politicians, economists, they love it, right? They say the economy is growing. It's fantastic. Brilliant. They say it's a sign of good economic management, don't they? They do. Treasurer Jim Chalmers was speaking about the GDP figures when they came out. He characterised them as a steady and sturdy result. Sturdy in the face of unrelenting pressure. Uh, Economic growth held up relatively well, despite the inevitable toll of higher interest rates, high but moderating inflation and continuing global uncertainty, particularly as it relates to China. Governments are always sensitive to economic growth figures because it's economic activity is the thing that provides people with work and incomes and the money they need to live. Now, off the back of these latest GDP figures, we did see Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor declaring that the economy was shuddering to a halt. Indeed. The only thing propping up this economy now is record levels of population growth. Take that away and the economy would be well and truly in recession. It is clear from the data today, Australian families are having to work more hours to keep their head above water. But, you know, again, none of this is to say anything about the quality of economic growth, Mm -hmm. particularly growth that's being driven by a fossil fuel-based energy system. This is, we're still just dealing here in the realm of growth is good. So from what you're saying, Gareth, it doesn't sound like growth is always good. At the moment, we're seeing what happens when so much of our growth is reliant on population growth. It's putting more pressure on housing, and it's one factor in the rising costs of rents and properties. The economist Saul Eslake has been speaking about this, actually. He was asked about the Treasurer's characterisation of the economy as being steady and sturdy, whether that was a fair assessment or not. It is if you assume that population growth is a reasonable way of sustaining economic growth. It obviously does do that. But population growth is also, for example, putting significant pressure on the demand for housing and indirectly, therefore, contributing to the inflation of housing costs, which has been an important component of the persistence of inflation over the past 18 months or so. So, Gareth, the question is, growth at what cost? What does GDP not take into account? Ah, another good question. (laughs) This is actually, this is the really serious one that we're all going to have to turn our minds to more and more Mm -hmm. because all this talk of growth is still taking place in highly abstracted language. So let's just put our feet firmly in the soil again and just remind ourselves that not all growth is equal. You can have good growth and you can have bad growth. So, for example, the way GDP is currently measured, it's completely blind to things like species extinction, environmental destruction, soil depletion, rising global temperatures. The United Nations is currently trying to adapt those national accounting practices so that they can acknowledge that environmental reality, but we're still years away from that becoming mainstream. Right now, if a state government decided it was legal to kill koalas for their pelts and sell their pelts into the marketplace, and people went out and slaughtered a million koalas overnight, the sale of their pelts would count in GDP. But, you know, is that the type of growth we want? No, definitely not. So, Gareth, what is the outlook then for the health of our economy? Can we keep growing? And do we actually want to 
keep growing or is it better that we kind of slow that down even further? <laughs> well, yeah, so we, we really need to watch the rate of unemployment. The RBA expects the unemployment rate to rise to 4.5% from here. It's currently 3.7%. And that will be as a consequence of its rapid rate hikes and a few other things. But it will be really happy if that doesn't happen, obviously. Now, when it comes to the question of growth itself, there's so much to be concerned about. Can we sustain these high rates of population growth? How long will it take to fix this housing crisis? And, you know, we're currently seeing these horrific floods and fires in so many parts of the world. The cost of the rebuild for those countries will divert resources away from the global attempts to shift energy systems towards renewable sources of growth. And that's one of the biggest challenges we're all going to face from here. It's what type of growth do we need in order to be living sustainably on the planet we're on. Yeah, all right. In the meantime, Gareth, time to go and bake a pie. I'll pick a pecan one, I think. Anyway. I'll go with apple. <laughs> Gareth Hutchins, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Gareth Hutchins is a business and economics reporter based in Canberra. If the unemployment rate rises to 4.5%, as the Reserve Bank predicts, about 140,000 people could lose their jobs. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Laura Corrigan, Nell Whitehead and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.